anybody love the God that we serve? Yes. He's been kind to us. He's been wonderful to us. We just love him with all of our heart. All of our Come on, let's sing this great praise unto him. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory.
everybody love the God that we serve? Yes. He's been kind to us. He's been wonderful to us. Yes. We just love him with all of our heart. All of our Thank you, God. Come on, let's sing this great praise unto him. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. everyone. Happy Sunday. Um, welcome to Sunday service at Great Commission Community Church. Um, I am going to read from Psalm 34. Um, as I say to us, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord with me. I will bless the Lord at all times, including today. God's praise will be continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Hear and be glad, you humble. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that again. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Can we all rise for worship?
bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Um, so at this time, we are going to continue honoring God this time in spoken word to one another rather than some prayer to God, which is what we were just doing. Um, so at this time, please join me in praising God together. Um, after I say a few sentences at a time to you all, I am going to say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And when you hear that, please follow with let us exalt his name together. Church, we are praising Jesus. Jesus is the light who came into our darkness. And Jesus is our healer and liberator who carries our sickness and sin and actually heals us. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Church, Jesus came to us in our flesh in total solidarity with us inviting us into complete oneness with him, the Father and the Holy Spirit. He died for us. He rose in new life, which is now our life, a life forever with him and his healing love. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And Jesus is coming again. He is coming to make all things new, all things healed, all things one in him and his peace and his power. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Through Jesus, God saves us from our troubles in this life, even if they are many. No one who takes refuge in Jesus will be put to shame. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his Amen. Um, peace to you all from God and the Holy Spirit. Um, please at this time kindly share that peace with one another.
we have several announcements to make at this time. Um, so first and foremost, as always, welcome to any newcomers um, to GCCC. We are so excited that you are here, whether you are joining us here in person or online. Um, if you are a newcomer, please do reach out to us at this email address, welcome at greatcommissioncc.org. We would love to hear from you. Um, and actually, for this next announcement, we are going to have Pastor Jonathan Thornton, our youth and missions pastor, come up um, and share. All right, thank you. Um, I know I'm not here all the time, so it's good to see you guys. If you want to talk to me about anything about youth, missions, or small groups, I'm here. Talk to me. Uh, I just want to share with you one of the things that we want to do as a church is have a, a greater gospel presence uh, kind of in our sights. We've been kind of a largely regional church for most of our kind of inception, but uh, and so it's been a little bit more difficult for us over the years to kind of figure out how do we do that well as kind of an incarnational group of people making an impact for the gospel uh, where we're at as we, we pick the neighborhood. We're all over. So this year we're actually wanting to really just pick the sites where we meet at. So right here around the Pentagon City, Crystal City area, for our other site will be at um, right there, like the Tysons, near the Marshall High School where we meet. And we really want to just figure out, as we uh, seek the Lord's face, how do we, as a Great Commission Community Church, and the gifts and the capacities and personalities as God's given us, how do we have like a, a tangible presence where we meet to worship? Um, and so this year, we're going to kind of try to figure out what does that look like. Um, so when we're saying that, we're not necessarily just saying taking care of felt needs. Um, a lot of how we do that is partnering with people like uh, Casa Chiralagua or Little Lights or some of them who are probably going to do it better than we would ever do it. And so we support them with that. But we're honestly just thinking, what does it look like as a church to have gospel presence here so that if we met people in our community, they would know Great Commission Community Church exists. They're meeting in that building, and this is who they are because we've had a, a chance to love on our community. And so we're actually going to, the first is, I think, October 15th, we're going to have a prayer walk um, for both locations, both sites. It's a Saturday. Um, as a chance to kind of like walk through the neighborhood that we're trying to say we want to have a better impact here, um, but as a way to kind of hear from the Lord together of, hey, we, we want to see what God would have us do, that we could actually make a bigger difference, a bigger impact, let people know who Jesus is, and just love on them with the love of Christ. And so if that sounds interesting to you at all, you can reach out to me. There will be more information coming up, but um, that time will be a time just to kind of discern God's will. We'll also be kind of out of that, looking for sort of a, a group to kind of lead the charge and saying, yeah, how do we actually bring greater kind of gospel presence um, to where we are right here? I know we don't all live right here, but this is where we meet to worship, so this is where we're going to pick to do that. And we really are excited about what could happen as we press in to what Jesus might have us do in these communities that he's placed us in um, as a church. So again, <clears throat> we're, we're excited about this. We don't have all the plans and answers because we don't really know enough yet about what we could do. And so we're actually entering into this time of kind of discovery and le leaning in on the Lord and saying, what would you have us do? Um, and so we're excited to see who would step up into that. If that sounds interesting, again, uh, you can join that prayer time, can talk to us, and we'd love to connect with you. So uh, that's something coming up. 
And it goes with kind of, if you were here last week, uh, Pastor Steve shared his kind of three wigs. It goes with our third wig there of having this greater gospel presence. So that's it for me today. Okay, thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Um, so we just, as an umbrella announcement, would like to plug our website, greatcommissioncc.org, um, for a couple of upcoming events or ongoing events. Um, so firstly, Tuesday night prayer, we always plug that. Um, that is the weekly prayer meeting that takes place on Zoom from 8 to 9 p.m., um, and this week, we are specifically praying for physical healing. Um, so if you have someone you would like to pray for or you would like to be prayed for, um, please do join us for that meeting. Um, and also, if there is a person or a condition that you um, would like us to pray for but you can't make that meeting, um, please do email Pastor Jonathan so that we can pray for that on Tuesday. Um, and his email address is on our website. Um, it is jonathan.thornton at greatcommissioncc.org. Um, secondly, we have launched small groups. Um, I think either last week or this week um, are the first meetings. Um, and so if you are still interested in joining a small group but you haven't yet, um, please do um, sign up on our website under the small groups tab. And relatedly, um, we have also launched connection groups, um, and we have several that have already formed. Um, so we have one for legal professionals and law students, so if that applies to you, please do join that group. Um, and then also more, there's one for community service projects, um, there's a fun women's book club, um, there's also one for the Washington Commanders, which I don't think they're very good, but like, that's a group that has formed at our church. So um, if you are a fan, please do join that. Um, but yeah, also if there is a connection group that you would be interested in but hasn't um, formed yet, please do um, also look into forming one yourself also on our website. Um, so next we um, also wanted to make an announcement about um, a class we are calling Rhythms of Grace. Um, so this is a class that we are offering on a bi-monthly-ish basis. Um, on what are often called spiritual disciplines, um, but we are calling them rhythms of grace. Um, and these ongoing classes are meant to give us instruction and encouragement in concrete spiritual practices that help us stay in rhythm with God's spirit, abiding in Christ. So if you are someone who wants to grow as a Christian or you would like to help others grow, um, but you don't currently have the tools for that, um, this is a class for you. Um, and the first one will be meeting on September 25th, so next Sunday, from 8.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. on Zoom. Um, and Pastor Carl will be teaching about the regular practice of forgiveness and repentance at that first class. Um, also next week um, is the welcome lunch um, for our newcomers. I know, I think it was Pastor Carl who had mentioned that, like, because of the pandemic, we have quite a few people who maybe you have been officially attending GCCC for like two years now, but you still kind of feel like a newcomer. Um, this is the lunch for you, um, and in addition to people who are more recent newcomers. Um, so if you have already signed up, um, you should have received an email. Um, but if you haven't received an email and you would like to come, um, please again email us at welcome at greatcommissioncc.org. 
Um, and then also we have been um, announcing the giving campaign that our church um, is supporting towards the Stung Tring Medical Clinic. Um, this is the construction of the medical clinic in um, uh, rural community in Cambodia um, that our church is supporting. And for the month of September, um, our church is matching up to $10,000 in individual donations. Um, and so that's a really exciting start to this long-term campaign. Um, and I think we have a couple of pictures of um, the start of the construction. Um, I think, yeah, this is really exciting um, and a tangential, or um, a tangible, rather, um, example of what our giving is going towards. Um, and so we did want to keep plugging that for this month. Um, all right, and then lastly, um, Debbie Ping, who serves as our church's treasurer, um, she is here this week to um, make an announcement about offering and also to pray over this week's offering for us. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm excited to announce that we're transitioning to a new donation platform called uh, Church Center Giving. And through this platform, you'll be able to give through credit, debit, ACH, and you can give a one-time payment or recurring payment. Um, you'll be able to track your payments now, like, or your donations. So, like, you sometimes wonder, like, what, did, I, did the church ever get my offering? And so you'll be able to confirm that and see statements. Um, we are gradually transitioning from PayPal to Church Center. Um, but you can start giving today through this link. It'll be on our website under the Give tab, under the Credit and Debit. Um, and there'll be emails and more details to come as we integrate uh, the Church Center Giving. And this slide shows you the giving link. So you can go to that giving link, or again, it's on our website under the Give tab. Uh, if you have questions, um, you can contact finance at greatcommissioncc.org, or you can just ask me after service. Um, also, there will eventually, and you can use this actually today, but integrate an app and be able to pay um, on this app through your phone. And our um, church has been blessed with a generous congregation, and we want to be good stewards with what God has given us. Um, and with that, I'll pray for the offering today. Um, God, we thank you for providing for us and generously loving us. We pray that we can give joyfully and that this offering would be used to further your purposes locally and around the world. We thank you that we can participate in your work to further your kingdom. We pray for open hearts and minds to hear your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good morning. Hello, everyone. All right. Um, I think some of you have ran a race this morning, so welcome. Hope you did well. <laughs> anyway, um, we're looking at Genesis 27 today. Um, we are going through a sermon series, uh, which started last week, on the story of Jacob, which is told in the book of Genesis. Um, what we did last week was just, I don't know, we, we talked about um, 
we talked about this story of um, Jacob and other stories in the Bible as sort of like series, like a TV show series or something like that. And so sometimes it's helpful when we just get a, an episode, like we're going to be reading today, just an episode of a series to kind of have a, like previously, last week on the Jacob story. Um, and so we're going to read some background passages before we get to our passage for today, which is Genesis 27. And the first one is going to be Genesis 12, second Genesis 25, and then we're going to jump into our Genesis 27 passage. Actually, the end of Genesis 26 um, is where we'll start. But here is Genesis 12, um, verses 1 to 3. But before I do that, please pray with me again. Lord, we thank you for your presence here through your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. Lord, we are changed by your presence. We are changed by your word, and not just us here, but Lord, your uh, world, Lord, is changed by your word and your presence. Lord, we welcome your work. Lord, we welcome your voice. Work among us, heal us, change us, strengthen us. Lord, make us more like yourself. Through Christ, we pray these things. Amen. All right, Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, and this is um, Jacob's grandfather. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You will be a blessing, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And we skip ahead to Genesis 25. And this is actually from the passage we read uh, last week, the story that we thought about last week. I'm reading from chapter 25 of Genesis, verse 23. And the Lord said to Rebekah, Jacob's mother, the Lord said to her while she had uh, Jacob and his twin brother Esau uh, in her womb, the Lord said to her, Rebekah, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. The older, that is Esau, shall serve the younger, which is Jacob. And here we get to our passage for today. I'm actually starting in chapter 26, verse 20, 34. Okay, This is a long, um, long story. It's a really interesting story. If I, you know, I wish we could perform it. So, like, a really interesting story. It's actually, uh, for the most of it, it's just, like, four characters, four people. And they're all on stage, like, two at a time. Um, so, it, it would be a really great play. If any of you guys are into that, if you write it, you can just use the script straight from Genesis 27. And when, next time we go through this text, we'll, we'll do it that way. Anyway, all right, Genesis 26, uh, very end. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Biri the Hittite, that is um, another people group, to be his wife, and Basmah, the daughter of Elan the Hittite, another Hittite, and they made life bitter. These two women made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, it's going to um, come around at the end of chapter 27, um, just to help us understand the plot. 
All right, chapter 27. Now when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son. And he answered, here I am. He said, behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. We've already learned that Isaac was, um, he, he very much loved his son Esau because they both shared a love of the field of hunting. And so this is Esau with his favorite son, or sorry, this is Isaac with his favorite son Esau telling him, Go to the field, hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. And here he's not talking about just so I'll be happy and I will like praise you, but he's saying specifically, I have a blessing to give you, a very momentous blessing to give you. Prepare for me this food that I like, and I will give you this blessing the blessing that I am giving to one of my children, and that blessing is for you. Okay? Even though we just saw previously in the book of Jacob, God had said, who's going to be the primary like, uh, line through whom that blessing goes? It's Jacob, not Esau. Isaac knows this, but he's trying to weasel out like, oh, you know what? I know God said that, but I like Esau better, so maybe God won't notice. The trickery continues. Now Rebekah was listening, so she's just off stage. When Rebekah was listening, when Isaac spoke to his son Esau, and when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring the game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Because Rebecca, the mom, favors Jacob. Okay, it's a dysfunctional family. Parents have favorites. Here we go. Go to the uh, fields and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare for them, from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man, like hairless, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring curse, a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. All right? So remember, Isaac can't see very well. Verse 14, so he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Okay? So it seems like Esau is actually a very hairy person, if like, that's like what it feels like. Anyway, so this is um, the plan. 
you know, and Rebecca says, don't worry about it. You know, if anything happens, let, it, let anything bad happen to me. I'll take care of it, you know. That's like a parent heart, like a parent's heart. Like all your parents, like, you know how that goes. Like, you know, like, let me take all the bad, you know. Anyway, so it continues. So Jacob went in to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. He's a straight-up lie, straight-up trickery. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? This is a little drama. Like, oh, wait, maybe Isaac won't be that easy to fool. Like, How'd you find it so quickly? He answered, because the Lord your God granted me success. Jacob, he's such a weasel, right? And he, like, he even, I mean, that's sort of like taking God's name in vain, I guess, but it's like he's using God as a cover. Like, oh, you know, God gave me success. That's why I happened, it happened so quick. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garment and blessed him and said, and here's a momentous blessing, see the smell of my son is as a smell of field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let the peoples serve you and the nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Somehow he missed the part of the Abrahamic blessing, like you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. It's telling. Anyway, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came and I've I've blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O oh my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? Like he grasped the heel. For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, which we looked at last week. And behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, behold, I have made him Lord over you. 
That's the effect of the blessing. I have made him Lord over you and, his, all, and, and all his brothers. I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine, I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on on high. By your sword you shall live, you, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So Rebekah, she has like ears everywhere, I guess. So she hears this too. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then, at that point, then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, so after he, she told Jacob, like, get out of here, like, flee from your brother. You got to leave for a while. Then Rebekah said to her husband Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women like those women that Esau married, if Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of these women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Like, I might as well die. And so that is her cover for sending Jacob away. Okay? So this is a story of Israel's patriarch, this hero of faith, Jacob. Um, this family, this forefathers of um, this blessing of God uh, for the whole world. Um, I'm just going to talk about a few things, and um, I'm, I'm really talking about the blessing of God here, the blessing that Esau sought, blessing that Jacob got, blessing that Isaac was trying to uh, weasel out of giving to Jacob, um, but ended up giving to Jacob um, because he was fooled. Um, I'm going to talk about this blessing, and the first thing I want to say is that um, this family understood and misunderstood the blessing of God. All right? There's one thing that this family understood correctly, um, really understood well about this blessing from God and that this blessing was real, okay? One thing that they really understood about the blessing is that the blessing was real. You know, I think this story um, is a little bit hard for us to totally embrace because, like, in our culture, you know, we're so modern, we're so Western, you know, we're just like, they're just words. Like, one big question as we ask this is, like, why couldn't Isaac give, just say the same thing to Esau, like, what's the problem? It's, it's, you know, it's up to Jacob and Esau to make their lives, you know, what they will be anyway. Like, what power do these words have? You know, why was Isaac like, it's gone, it's done? You know, he just said it. He's just, they're just words. Why was he so distraught? Like, why did Esau let out an exceedingly great and bitter cry? Well, because the blessing that was spoken is real. It is so real. And that's something we have to recognize and try to sort of, I guess, modify your own worldview to understand. 
You know, because the Bible teaches us, actually, that the words are very powerful. Words are very powerful, especially God's words. Words are how God actually accomplishes things. That's how he created the world. That's a very unique um, story that uh, the Christian Bible uh, tells us about creation. In creation, things were made through God's word. That's why Jesus, our Savior, is called the Word of God, who ends our old life and gives us new life. It's the Word of God which dismantles kingdoms and systems. It's the Word of God that brings new life and transformation to the world. In this story of Jacob that's given to us here from God's heart and God's mouth, speaking the blessing made the blessing real. Like, this is sort of like, I guess you could think of it as sort of like speaking things into reality, but like times a million. And, you know, if you ask that question, well, can you speak anything into being? Like, can you make anything manifest by putting it out in the universe? And as a Christian for whom the Bible dictates my answer to that, I'd say no, at least not generally. Because, like, I can say, you know what, the Green Bay Packers are winning the Super Bowl. I can say that, but it may not happen, you know? And it, I mean, it hasn't worked for the last decade. But it actually does work when we're speaking what God has spoken. If God says that we as a church can heal people, we can say to people, be healed. And it's maybe, it may not happen every time in every situation because that's way beyond us. Only God knows all things, and thankfully only God ultimately decides what happens. But in general, yes, it happens. Not because we're just putting it out into the universe, but because God has said so. God has authorized it, and we're just carrying it out. And this is how it's working in this story. God has given this family a particular blessing. And that blessing is real. It's not just words, like, oh, just God said that, but that's like, that's old world thought. That's real. Like, it's very real, and it is full of power and effect. And so when Isaac is set to give this blessing, he knows that the words he speaks are actually going to determine the future of these two sons. Because God has spoken it. In this arena of, you know, in the arena of this family, Isaac has authority to bless one of his sons with this blessing. And we're going to see it again at the end of Jacob's life, blessing his own son. He has that authority as the understood leader of his family and because God has established by his word that this family has a particular purpose and destiny, which we read about in Genesis 12, the first passage we read his promise to Abraham and all his children. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. In fact, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So one thing that this family, this, these four people understood in this story, as wicked and deceitful as they are, the one thing that they really understood right about this blessing is that it is so real. They're not just words. It is so real. But the family didn't misunderstand some things about the blessing. One, they thought that they had to take things into their own hands to get this blessing of God that God had already decided to give. Okay? They thought, I have to make it happen. So you think, remember, God said, this is how it's going to happen for Jacob and Esau. He said it. And if God says it, that's it. Okay? 
God doesn't lie. Jacob would have gotten it. This blessing that Jacob wanted so much, that Rebekah wanted for Jacob, the one that Esau wanted for himself, the one that Isaac was trying to weasel and give to Esau, like this blessing, I mean, it was for Jacob, and Jacob would have gotten it without the lying, without the deception, without the plotting. You know, Jacob feels like he has to cheat along with his mother. They feel like they have to cheat to get it, you know, and they're trying to make things happen on their own is not without consequences. You know, Jacob ends up having to leave home. And he, for the next many years, decades actually, uh, avoids and is like like deathly afraid of his brother because he, he knows his brother wants to kill him. Um, and, you know, and I think the application to us is actually very direct. Okay, it's actually very direct because... We, not just Jacob, but we too have actually received this blessing too. All right? In a crazy way, we are heirs of the promise that God made to Abraham and Abraham's family. And we're going to look just very briefly at a couple other passages. Uh, one is Galatians chapter 3. All right? So if you can turn there with me, this is Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to read just a few verses from Galatians chapter 3. Okay, this is Galatians 3, verse 7 to 9. This is Paul speaking to the church, and he says, just us. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. This is how Paul thinks of it. Remember all those promises that Abraham received? Remember Genesis? Remember the story of Abraham, the story of Jacob? Remember that blessing? You know who the real sons of Abraham are? You know the real descendants of Abraham are? It's you. It's you. It is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, that is, the non-biological children of Abraham, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations, all the families of the earth, all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What he's saying, well, and I'm, I'm going to read one more verse, actually. End of chapter 3, verse 29. If you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you identify with Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. He's basically saying, it's not just Abraham's like biological, genetic children who are inheritors of this promise. It's actually people who are connected to Abraham by faith, who resemble Abraham in his faith. That is, for Paul, people who have put their faith in Christ. Genesis 12 is about all those who have put their faith in Christ. This blessing that we're reading about in this Genesis 27 story about Jacob's family, it's a blessing that is ours. Okay, that's a very key understanding for all Christians as we read the Old Testament. This promise belongs to us. So I'm just going to have us read a couple more just to see how this plays out, what this looks like in our life. Matthew 10, verse 8. This is Jesus telling his disciples, sending them on a, on a trip, on a mission. 
He says, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. This is Jesus' command to his disciples, to his church. Um, I'm just going to read in Acts chapter 4. This is from a prayer of the early church, Acts chapter 4. I'm reading from verse 29. Lord, look upon their threats, these threats of people who are against us. And grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness or all openness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're praying according to the will of God, according to the word of God. They understand there is a blessing for us. It's a blessing that we have received so that all peoples of the world will will receive a blessing just like God promised Abraham. I'm going to read one more, Isaiah chapter 61. Um, we've, looked at, we've looked at this passage, actually, I think a couple times just in the last month, but um, this is the beginning of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. In Luke, we see Jesus saying, this is about me. But as we continue to read Scripture, we understand that Isaiah 61 is first about Jesus, but it's also um, via Jesus about us, okay? as his followers, as his younger siblings. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. This is a blessing we have received. Okay, this is the word of God. Just as real as that blessing that, you know, Jacob got from Isaac was, so real is this blessing that Jesus and God, they speak to us here. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, on you, to bring good news to the poor. Those aren't just words. That actually has power and effect. That is reality. Bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison, to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is a word spoken to us. This is a blessing that we have received from God. This is who we are. Just like Isaac gave that blessing, this is who you are, Jacob. This is what you do. This is what you're about. This is what you'll be. So also, all these words of Scripture are given to us. This is who you are as people in Christ. This is who you are. This is what you were created to be. This is what your life is full of. This is what you do. This is who you are. Amen? This is us. This is us. We don't have to take things into our own hands to make it happen. We don't have to manufacture these results because God has spoken, and when God speaks, it is a done thing. You know, like, that's what we do. We heal. Amen? We speak good news. We lift people up. We call people to repentance. We don't have to manufacture. We don't need special prayers or religious formulas. We're already God's agents. We are already his agents of blessing for actually the whole world. We are ready. We're set. You know, I'm not talking about having or pretending to have self-confidence. I'm talking about you were made in Christ. You were made in Christ to heal. 
and comfort and speak and liberate and challenge and lead people to Jesus. That's who you are. I'm not just talking to you individually. I'm talking to you as a church. I'm talking to us. That's who God has made us to be. We don't have to work to make it happen. Okay, we stay in it, but it's, it's, we're not these things because of just something internal to us. We're these things because God has spoken, and this blessing is real. His words are real. Um, I'm just going to... Mm, all right, okay. I'll share a quick story. Like, I, I remember when I was in college. I was in college. I was a Christian. And I'm just going to tell a story about, like, one of the first times I experienced or dealt directly with, like, um, outwardly visible demonic oppression. Because I was in a prayer meeting um, with other college students. And at this, I was in some room, and I left the room um, to go to the bathroom. And, and then on my way back in the next room over, there were two women who were, had been in that prayer room who had left a little while before, and then one of them was, like, like, shake, like her body was shaking um, in, like, a very weird way. Like, she was very distressed. Like, she couldn't control um, the extreme shaking, you know? And uh, the second person was in front of her, like, and it looked like she was trying to help. I'm just seeing through the door, like, the door had a window. And, um, you know, and then um, I walked in, too, and I, I don't remember what I said. Um, I mean, probably something, like, dumb, like, you okay? You know, anyway, <laughs> uh, so clearly something's wrong here. Um, anyway, um, so this this person who was in front of her and then me, like, uh, we, I guess we just, at some point, we just started praying for this person, and then um, I remember I asked her, like, do you feel like something's inside you? And she said, yes, you know, so I, I just started saying, like, get out, like, stop bothering her, stop bothering her, and then stop. And we prayed her, for her more that night and for some days afterwards, but I mean, we're like college, and we don't know what we're doing. I'm like all like, we're like 20 years old. And some of you guys who are 20, like, you know what you're doing. But like, when I was 20, I don't know what I was doing. Um, and I, and um, anyway, like, we had some, you know, resources, I guess, like some people who we could talk to. But I mean, generally, like, I'm just saying this because, like, it's not like at that point I was like a seminary graduate, you know. Um, it's not like I had all this knowledge of, you know, how to handle demons or whatever. Um, and I didn't just speak liberation from the demonic into the universe. Like, I just, I basically, I just did what God told us we had authority to do. I just took it just very simply. You know, and I'm not, and I'm not saying like, hey, let's all get into like deliverance, like exorcism ministry flippantly and without preparation because, you know, demonic oppression is real and can be dangerous and there's a best practice and all that. But the point is, like, our authority is real. You know, our authority is real because God said it was. God gave us authority. He spoke it. Um, like Isaiah 61, Galatians 3, this is our authority. It is very real. We have authority given by God to bless There are people around us with personal problems. There's a society around us, communities in pain in spiritual sickness and physical unwellness and mental and emotional unwellness. Like, what do we see and feel? What do we read about? So many things that we can be part of healing. The environment. Things that women are facing, children. 
minority communities of all kinds, gun violence. You know, just this past week, I was at a symposium about gun violence, and also, like, Carolyn, who's um, just recently joined our church, she was there, too. Like, Jesus, is he represent, you know? Um, and she gave a really nice presentation there, actually. But we are blessed, like Isaiah 61 tells us. We have the anointing of the Spirit. Like, we have the anointing of the Spirit. You're like, man, I don't know. I don't know. No, God said so. God said so. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to tell people and peoples that no matter who they are, there is good news. Good news in Christ, whether they're poor or blind or deaf or in prison or in pain or needing forgiveness, that God loves them. God is healing them. That this healing from God is real. This liberation from God is real. That forgiveness of sins is real that there is acceptance with God that is real, the year of the Lord's favor that is so real, and without asterisks, without asterisks about like what school you went to, about your sexuality, how you know, little money you have saved, or whatever it might be, you know, whatever trauma you've had, whatever your gender, whatever, I don't know, football team you work with, you uh, root for, it's like whatever the case, there is favor. And that's what we are here to receive. That is what we are here to give with confidence. You know, again, I'm not talking to each of us like as individuals. I'm talking to us as a church. And, I, and I'm saying that because evangelism, like talking about Jesus' good news, sharing his good news, is a communal task more than it is an individual task, actually. I, think, I know most of us kind of think of it as like, oh, I talk to one person about Christ. You know, that's evangelism. But actually, like, sharing the good news of Christ, it's a communal work. It's a communal task. And that's how it is in Scripture. And I think actually in our experience, too, when we see that being effective, people are led to Christ not just by one person, you know, but it's by a community. Generally, that's how it works. It's by a community. People are led to Christ by experiencing a community that lives and speaks out the good news of Jesus. I'll tell one more story. Many of you have heard of this a theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, he grew up, he's a German theologian. He grew up in Germany about 100 years ago. And in Germany, like in a culturally Christian country, yes, a culturally Christian country that produced actually seriously defective theology and also produced one of the great movements of evil in human history, yeah, that Germany, his own account is that he became a Christian when he studied in America. Like, he had grown up in a Christian context and so on, or a culturally Christian context. And his, his own sort of story, his own testimony is that he became a Christian when he studied in America, in New York. And he joined a church in Harlem during that time that he was studying here in New York. And later, if you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer became um, an like, anti-Nazi like, theologian and activist and, um, you know, definitely persona non grata in Germany. Um, he, he wrote... Before this, he says, I had plunged into my work in a very unchristian way. Then something happened, something that has changed and transformed my life to this day. And a friend of his says, like a fellow seminarian, tells a story. Um, one Sunday after returning from um, his church service in Harlem, um, I guess Bonhoeffer was normally very stoic and kind of a non-emotive kind of person, but he was like really excited this one day and emotional, and he's and he's deeply moved in all this, and the, his fellow seminarian um, 
reported, yeah, it was, I remember that Sunday afternoon, I witnessed the beginning, this is what he said, I witnessed the beginning of his identification with the oppressed, which played a role in the decision that led to his death, like he was killed by the Nazis later. Like there, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he understood Jesus for the first time, he says, through the church, not just one person, but through the church and through Jesus' like solidarity with our suffering, the meaning of his cross and his resurrection, like this church embraced the story of Jesus, the crucified Christ, whose death gave them life. And it's that church's witness that spoke to this guy Bonhoeffer. But that's, I don't think that's actually an exception. Like in Scripture, and I think in our experience, like when if, if you're someone who has become a Christian, um, you know, especially kind of more recently, or if you think like your own story or other people that you know who have you know become um, followers of Jesus, I mean, typically it's not just like one-on-one kind of thing. It, it's actually through a community. That's why, like, reason number whatever, like, be part of a church. If you're if you're really serious about doing the work of Jesus in life. Be part of a church. Amen? Okay, all right. This family understood that the blessing was real, but this family did not understand that you didn't have to, like, make it happen. Okay? A second thing that this family misunderstood about the blessing is that they didn't understand that this blessing is for others and not just for yourself. And in the words of Jesus, it's better to give than to receive. Let's not make Jacob's mistake. It is for others. You, you can hear that in uh, Isaac's blessing of Jacob. He actually truncated the blessing that God gave to Abraham. He left out, you will be a blessing. You know, you are blessed to be a blessing. If you're not sure about that, like read about Jesus in the Gospels. Read the prophets talking about Jesus and his mission. Read the Bible. Pick a book. Our blessing is for other people. Okay, this powerful blessing of God is for other people. And, and I kind of say this because, I, I don't know, you might think, oh, like, Carl, isn't that obvious? Like, Jesus died for other people and, you know, the church. And when we talk about blessing, it's really blessing for other people. No, I don't, well, actually, it's, I don't know. Like, I guess it should be obvious, but it seems not to be obvious. You know, because it's a big problem in the church. You know, and I think, like, why, man, like, why so many Christians why they be so susceptible to believing in like prosperity gospel? Why they buy, why why are we Christians behind all these books about prosperity, you know, teaching? Why we love that so much? Why we watch these on TV and YouTube? Like why do we think that I don't know, these are so compelling and truthful? Well, I think because we're already self-interested. It's because we think somehow that Jesus' salvation and his good news are about my safety, about my prosperity, my destiny, my future. And so some guy comes along promising your best life now, and hey, it sounds great. Tell me more. The gospel of Christ, the blessing of God, is for the world. It's for all peoples. It's for others. The blessing that first is articulated to Abraham is always about all peoples, about the whole world. Don't let the gospel of Jesus be small. Don't let the gospel be about just you feeling good inside. That's way too small. 
If the blessing of God, if our following Christ doesn't make you a servant of others, if the word of God doesn't make you a servant of others, of all, you know, if it doesn't make you eager to bless others and make you eager to give rather than receive, I think you're misunderstanding the blessing. You know, it's not that blessing for other means that you don't matter. Like, you, you, the church, you matter. God promises care and keeping of you, church. And you, you individual self, you matter. You know, yeah, God cares about your work, your personal life, your relationships, your mental health. Actually, he cares about them more than you do. And, and sometimes when it's needed, less than you do. His promise and his blessing of keeping us and his work of healing in us you know, these things are so real, just as our agency in healing other people is so real. You know, God is with us. God promises us so many beautiful things. These are real. These aren't just words. They accomplish things. This blessing, though, is, it can't stay with us. It can't stop with us. If, if it does, we've, we're really misunderstanding the Scripture. This blessing is for others. This blessing is for others. This blessing is for others. I, I just, I'm curious, like, if Jacob really, if this family understood that well, would this have played out like that? I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm just going to say one more thing. The blessing of God does not mean an easy life. And, and I think that they probably had that impression but it does not mean an easy life. Okay? And the first place we can look to know that is Jesus. If your heart is breaking, you know, you made a decision to follow Christ, you know, you're following Christ, you're set on it, and it's not easy. You do it for over years, and like, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't just imagine, I guess, all the different kinds of disappointment, all the kinds of heartache, all the kinds of hardships that you have experienced or are experiencing now. Like, they're very diverse, very real. When we experience these things, the invitation of God is to turn to Jesus, who is the original blessed one, who is the agent of healing, who knows what it's like to go through hard things to be heartbroken. Don't be afraid to go through hard things, okay? But the blessing of God does not mean that we'll have an easy life, okay? So let's, like, let's be serious here. As we think about Genesis 27, as we think about the Bible, as we think about Christ, let's think about this. One, yeah, this blessing is real. Like the blessing given to us, the authority given to us, the mission given to us, the power given to us, it's real. And there are people who really need the power of Jesus, Amen. Let's give it to them. Let's help them access it. Let's tell them about it. Let's pray with them. Let's live with them. Let's let them experience our community. People need that, no matter who they are. You know, I was at this, I was at that gun violence symposium I mentioned before, and at some point, you know, they were talking about how, like, um, you know, for a lot of us, gun violence, we think of, like, mass shootings. But um, actually, like, by far the majority of uh, gun violence, at least in North America, is suicide. Um, and, um, 
I guess when you think about it, it makes sense, but um, just sheer numbers wise. But um, and then like sort of a follow up statistic that like um, some crazy. I think I think the number was forty five percent. Like I didn't check up on it, but someone gave a stat that forty five percent. That's like basically every other like one in two um, young people who um, identify as LGBTQ plus um, have seriously considered suicide. I think there is good news from Jesus that needs to be given to people all over us, all over, all around us. Let's be that, because our blessing is real. Our authority is real. Let's be that. Let's not misunderstand this thinking that we have to, like, manufacture something. No, let us be that. Let's believe that and be what God has said. Let's not misunderstand the gospel by thinking, like, and this blessing by thinking it's mostly for us. Or that it's just going to be like just, you know, it's just an easy life for me. Like, let's put that, I don't know, just immaturity aside. And let's, let's live this out. Let's live this life of Jesus, church. Amen? That's who we are. Let's do it. Um, I'm just going to, um, yeah, we'll just end there. Let's end there. Um, you know, last week we sang this song, um, I See a Generation rising up with selfless faith. You know, and that's not like Gen Z, that's not like millennials, like Gen X, you know, it's not about generation. We're talking about generations that serve the Lord, that believe in the Lord's word. Do it. Do this stuff. Let us be that. Let us be that, just like we sang last week. Um, we're going to respond, not just as individuals here, but we're going to respond together. And I know a lot of times after sermon, um, we're invited to you know, just kind of pray our own way um, for a moment. But um, today, we're going to actually um, just pray like a corporate prayer together. You know, just like do this together, um, responding to the word of God. And Rebecca's going to lead us um, in some prayers with that. And then right after that, we'll uh, take communion together. Um, 1 Peter um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says to us, Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. God, forgive us, because there is malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander in our lives. And we live in a community among a people full of these things. As people who trust in you and follow your son, Jesus, let us live different lives. Through your spirit's life in us, fill us with goodwill, honesty, 
contentment and a heart to bless others. Um, you can take a brief moment at this time to pray your own words before I continue with more words from First Peter. Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a temple of the Holy Spirit to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God, we believe in your words come to Jesus and we find that we together are your temple. You live in us and we worship you. We are priests giving you worship and praying to you on behalf of others. We pray for people who we know well, who are sick, who are in broken relationships, who are strangers to Jesus. We pray they would experience your healing, new life in Jesus. We pray for people we don't know, too, for our larger society, for experience of your righteousness, mercy, and justice. We are your healers, healers by your authority. We are your priests. Please take time to pray for others, acting as their healers and priests as we pray. We'll pray together, many voices, one heart. possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yes, God, we belong to you, and we declare your praises. You have called us out of darkness into your light, and we have tasted that you are good. this is my body broken for you and he took the cup and he said this is a cup of the blood of the new covenant in my blood shed for you and he says when you eat this bread and drink this cup do it in remembrance of me 
And so I invite you to come take these elements, the wafer and this uh, drink. And these are the body and blood of Christ given to us. And as we do that, we proclaim his story. We proclaim who he was, that he was anointed by the Spirit to preach good news to the poor, to bring salvation, liberation, and healing, to bring joy and peace. And along with that, inviting us as we eat and drink to be part of that, to be one with him. So I encourage you as you come, as you eat, as you drink, let's proclaim that. Let's know that we are one with him in that. Yeah, amen. Yeah, let's do that. And as you come up, um, we're going to start singing this last song. Please join us in worship as we do that together. Good in the power of your prayer. 
blessing to others, a blessing to be one with Christ. So as we go from here, let's be the church. Let's be these people of blessing, like who understand that we're living for others, that we're not having to manufacture it, but we're living in the power of God's word, his authority. So let's go. Let's heal people. Let's bless people. Let's give good news to people. Let's bring joy and love conviction to people, uh, not in our own power, but in the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and His Word. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us today. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Um, we'll see you perhaps Tuesday at our prayer meeting, also next week. Thank you. <laughs>